Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. As a child, what small creatures scared you the most? I know most people fear spiders. I wasn't afraid of spiders because my grandma loved them. But I found caterpillars very scary and repulsive. Most of them are poisonous because they don't want to be eaten by birds or other creatures. The fuzzy tufts, the tiny little hairs on caterpillars, can cause an allergic reaction when they touch the skin. However, our attitude toward caterpillars changed when we discovered their metamorphosis into beautiful butterflies. The potential of these creepy creatures earns our respect. They expand our imagination and demonstrate our own potential. If you believe God talks to us through nature, caterpillars and butterflies communicate who we are and what we can become spiritually. Caterpillars don't have eyes. They use small antennas to feel their way on the trees and eat the leaves. It illustrates our spiritual blindness before salvation. Caterpillars crawl slowly, but the butterflies fly swiftly, representing two entirely different ways of living. According to the zoologist, all a caterpillar does is eat and secrete, very egocentric. But a butterfly beautifies the earth and pollinates plants to nurture nature. We can say caterpillars are takers, but butterflies are givers. The difference is heaven and earth. It would be a shame if we live all our lives as caterpillars and never experience a butterfly life. Jesus calls the butterfly life the kingdom of heaven, and he wants us to strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and promises all things to be given to us as well. It implies a spiritual metamorphosis. The entire teaching of Jesus Christ is revealed in his initial message that says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4.17 If you understand this verse, you have cracked the code of the entire Bible. John the Baptist preached the same message, and Jesus continued proclaiming it and showing us how to make it happen. Many scholars and theologians have tried to summarize the Bible. Some say that the entire message of the Bible is love or God is love. Some say that the Great Commandment summarizes the Bible, love God and love people, and that's it. I agree with them in the past. But after 27 years of preaching, teaching, and studying the Bible, I've discovered this verse to be the most accurate representation of Jesus' message because it has the keyword here, repent. Both in Hebrew and Greek, repent means change. It's changing from living like a caterpillar to flying like a butterfly. In other words, 
Repent means metamorphosis, precisely. In the entire Old Testament, we read about God asking Israelites to change. In the New Testament, Jesus shows us the way to change. The only thing consistent on earth is change. If you are not changing for the better, you are changing for the worse. Jesus shows us how to change for the best. God loves you the way you are, but God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Without change, the gospel is incomplete. The Bible is the book of change, the alchemy of the spirit. From that perspective, studying the Bible is super exciting and ultra important because you will fly through life like a butterfly instead of crawling like a caterpillar. One of the problems with the Reformed Protestants is that we overemphasize grace and underemphasize change to the point that it becomes cheap grace. Dietrich Bonhoeffer warned us that grace is free but not cheap. The costly part of grace is that we must change from a caterpillar to a butterfly, from a pheasant to a phoenix. God's grace compels you to change instead of keeping complacent. How do we change? The way to change begins by appreciating the butterfly life. Until you appreciate the value of the butterfly life, you will continue to crawl like a caterpillar. In one of his parables, Jesus wants you to be like a smart pearl merchant who knows the value of the top quality pearl and is willing to sell everything he has to get it. He said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Matthew 13, 45 to 46. Can you imagine what it is like to discover something so valuable that you will give up everything to get it? That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Just as a caterpillar would give up everything to become a butterfly, Jesus wants us to risk everything for metamorphosis. Today's Transfiguration Sunday, a more precise translation from Greek would be Metamorphosis Sunday. On this day in history, Jesus showed three of his disciples a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, a glimpse of the butterfly life in the caterpillar's world. The passage also reveals what we must do to live in heaven on earth. Let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 to 9. Listen to the word of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. 
Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Matthew 17, 1-9 Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. This event is known as the transfiguration of Jesus. The original Greek word used here is metamorphumai, which is the same root word for metamorphose and metamorphosis. Like a caterpillar metamorphosing into a butterfly, Jesus transfigured into his divine nature. Suddenly, the disciples saw a glimpse of heaven with Jesus' face shining like the sun. I heard many Christians don't like to talk about the transfiguration because it seems scientifically absurd and too supernatural. But I believe it would be as absurd as the caterpillars seeing the life of a butterfly. The event is not just about Jesus, but the appearance of Moses and Elijah also confirmed that there is life beyond death. A life standing shoulder to shoulder with the Son of God, discussing face to face with Him God's plan for the world. Luke's version of the story says, Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he has about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Luke 9, 30-31 The disciples were frightened at what they saw because they didn't understand the full meaning of it at that time. I'm sure if I were a caterpillar, I would be frightened by the sight of the butterflies. Human fear change, even though we desire change. We are afraid of leaving our comfort zone to enter the unknown. Jesus knew their fear and told them, Get up and do not be afraid. Verse 7. Peter, James, and John must be thinking, This is more than what we signed up for. All they expected might be, merely becoming fatter caterpillars. They thought Jesus would be a revolutionist to liberate them from the oppressive local government and humiliating foreign occupation. They wanted to become high-ranking officers in Jesus' earthly kingdom. Many Christians may also think like these disciples. All we want is a God that will bless us with a better life on earth and a ticket to heaven after we die. Nothing more and nothing less. But Jesus wants to give us more than we ask for, a total metamorphosis. He doesn't want us to crawl through life like a caterpillar, but fly like a butterfly from now to eternity. 
That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. If you appreciate the life of the butterfly or the kingdom of heaven, here's the process for the metamorphosis based on the passage. There are only three simple steps here. Devote, listen, and serve. First, devote. The first question we might have is why Jesus revealed this only to Peter, James, and John, and not all his 12 disciples. Many Bible interpreters call them Jesus' inner circle because he liked to take them to exclusive events. But the Bible says God doesn't play favorites. Paul also said, for God shows no partiality, Romans 2.11. Then why did Peter, James, and John get special privileges all the time? The answer is their devotion to Christ. As Benjamin Franklin said, God helps those who help themselves. Some Christians don't like this statement because it seems contrary to God's grace. But it turns out to be very true if you read the Bible carefully. God detests lazy people who don't invest the minimum effort. Jesus does expect faith even as small as a mustard seed. Simon's devotion impressed Jesus, so he named him Peter, the rock. Jesus said, and I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. With all his flaws, he is one of the most passionate and dependable disciples. Jesus also gave him the keys of the kingdom of heaven in next verse. Similarly, Jesus named James and John the son of thunder. It says, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonenergies, that is, sons of thunder. Bonenergies is an Aramaic term that means sons of thunder. I like the sound of it, bone energy. Sounds like bone energy. Like Peter, they were passionate in their own ways. An example of James and John's passion is revealed when Jesus was unwelcome in a Samaritan village. The Bible says when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire from heaven and consume them? Luke 9.54 But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Jesus loves their devotion, even though he doesn't want them to use their thunderous passion for the wrong purpose. Jesus wants their bone energy to be used for salvation, but not for retaliation. You might know that the passion of a hero and a villain are often similar, except they serve the opposite purposes. That's why God doesn't like lukewarmness, because a repentant villain is more valuable to God than a lukewarm nice guy. Just as the repentant prodigal son is more precious than his lukewarm brother. If we study carefully, we can see that the devotion of Peter, James, and John opened the doors for special revelations. Your devotion is the first step to metamorphosis. Secondly, listen. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, 
I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, Matthew 17, 4. If we were on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, we would first take out our cell phones and capture the image of Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and immediately post them on social media. Or we might record a video of their discussion, then we are satisfied. Like us, Peter, James, and John wanted to freeze the moment by building three pagodas or stupas or niches or shrines. There's a human tendency to idolatry. We want to make idols of God and saints and worship them. It's like caterpillars that see butterflies and desire to worship them instead of turning into them. Jesus doesn't want you to enshrine him like an idol, but he wants you to repent or metamorphose into a butterfly just like him. Peter's idolatrous comment triggered God's concern. The Bible says, while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him, Matthew 17, 5. God wants us to listen to him, not idolize him. God doesn't want us to freeze the moment with our eyes, but seize the message with our ears. Do you know our vision can be deceiving, but our hearing is more authentic? Maybe that's why God created us with eyelids, but no earlids. Our vision usually comes from hearing. For example, Moses saw the burning bush, but the actual vision came from the voice behind the burning bush. Maybe the word calling better describes a vision. What was Jesus saying that we must listen to? As mentioned, everything Jesus said boils down to one word, repent or metamorphose. Listen to him also means obey him. Worship without obedience is idolatry. To obey him is to change. I know change can be nerve-wracking, but Jesus said, Get up and do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of change. It's for your good. Jesus' words have transformative power, so listen to him. Every day as we read the Bible or listen to God's word, we are in the process of metamorphosis. Lastly, serve. The final step to metamorphosis is revealed in Jesus' death and resurrection. Verse 9 says, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Matthew 17, 9. This verse has two meanings. One is that these disciples would not be able to articulate this vision accurately until then. Another is people would not understand what they were talking about until Jesus' resurrection was in the news. Since we are on this side of the resurrection, it should be easier for us to understand the meaning of the transfiguration. The appearance of Moses and Elijah represents the law and the prophets. People walking in the dark need the law as they are walking king. They need prophets to guide their ways. However, Jesus brought people to light. 
if we walk in the light, we don't need the law to gird us because we can see the way and the surrounding. As long as you need rules and regulations to restrain you, you are walking in the darkness. Again, these two ways of life are a world apart. Caterpillars don't have eyes, so they have to creep, like using the law and the prophet as their guidance. But the butterflies have eyes and wings, so they can see and fly freely. Jesus' resurrection sets people free from the creepy life. Just as Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8, 32. Jesus' resurrection reveals that freedom is not the freedom to fool around, but to serve. Jesus' death and resurrection is his sacrificial service to humanity. Showing salvation is not a cheap ticket to heaven, but an invitation to carry the cross of metamorphosis, to live in heaven on earth with our sacrificial service to inspire others to transform. That's what repent means. So let's stop creeping like caterpillars. Let's fly and inspire the world like butterflies. Let's walk in the light and bring others to the light. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.